seeing the filmmaker's film. Jesus is a filmmaker trying to find God with his camera. But then the filmmaker realizes that he's actually Jesus and he's being filmed by God's camera. And it goes like that forever in both directions, like a mirror in a mirror, because all of the filmmakers are Jesus and all of their cameras are God. And the movie's called Abed. There are no takes. There is no viewer. The film is the story. The story is us. We are the film. And welcome back to Reboot Deboot. I'm your host, Griffin. I am the other guy, Alex. <laughs> and uh, we're back, guys. So thanks for joining us. Uh, Alex, how you been, man? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Things are like the busy time at work. It's a little hectic, but done with that till Monday. Uh, how have you been doing? You know, uh, new year. So a new book is on the burner. I'm writing away. I'm doing a little bit of a different genre for me this time. I'm doing a neo-western. Mm, okay. Like a sci-fi neo-western kind of story. So, mm, Right. Like a wild, wild west kind of thing? Uh, more like Afro Samurai. Okay. So still could be played by Will Smith, but. I can't see Will Smith being Afro. Yeah, maybe we could get we could get you know we could get Sam Jackson in there as an older side character though. As Ninja Ninja, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Aside from that, I'm just writing away. I'm doing that. Uh, I got the poetry book, and I'm still trying to get this kids book sorted out. Exactly, it's a little more tricky than previously anticipated. Yeah, it's tough getting kids to write a book. No matter how hard you crack the whip, their little hands just can't move quick enough. A thousand you know? tiny kids and a thousand typewriters don't turn out anything. Eventually, they will write the entire collection of Lord of the Rings. Well, those are, I mean, at least The Hobbit is a children's book in universe. Maybe. <clears throat> so, uh, seen any good movies lately? Um,. I did. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit, but I watched this bizarre movie called Greener Grass. That was a. It's really hard to describe. It's like if John Waters directed Twin Peaks. It's right. Truly bizarre. <clears throat> truly oh, bizarre. Right? Yeah, a little little small cut in my throat. It's right. uh, it's hard to describe. It's like this woman. It starts with. It's like in this like Stepford Wives kind of neighborhood where everyone drives golf carts around and everyone has adult braces. Uh, they like they do like close-ups of the camera on. It starts with this woman giving away her infant child to her friend, like casually, nice. like they're just in a crowd together. And she just hands <laughs> it over. She's like, "Oh, do you want it?" She goes, "Yeah." And then the movie kind of goes for there. And there's also this B plot where like there might be a murderer on the loose. It kind of reminds you, it like. It's reminiscent of a bit of the part of that Adult Swim thing, Too Many Cooks. You remember that? There's like... Vaguely. Yeah, so like Too Many Cooks was that like that like full house kind of like sitcom intro, but it goes on for like 20 minutes and there's like more and more chaotic stuff happening. Kind of like that. Right. Um, but I, huh. I, would re- I would recommend it if you're into that kind of a thing. It is a... It was truly wild and very good if you like that. Yeah, I'll check it out. How about a... Oh. You watch anything good? Um, 
Just actually, I've just been going through the back catalog of great British television. Mm. So like Red Dwarf and stuff, or checked out Red Dwarf. Faulty I Towers. checked out checked out Faulty Towers. Um, and again, this is all rewatching for me because I've covered Black Adder. What? The community thing, Cougarton Abbey. Oh, right. No. Um, most recently, I've started Only Fools and Horses. Oh. Again, okay. which is I've never classic. That. Is that classic? Or Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie in that also? Uh, no, 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 no. This is uh, it's it's one of the most successful British TV shows um, up for its time, and it's now far past its twilight or whatever. But people still hail it and have fond memories of it. It's become uh, a, a classic, really, of British television. So it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, just check out Only Fools and Horses. Oh, man. That uh, that Bruce know. Campbell movie I told you about a while ago, Black Friday? That That is out now. I haven't watched it yet. It is out. I I'm saw excited. the trailer. I so want to see Black Friday. Yeah, it looks good. It looks great. There's a Netflix show, too, coming out called uh, oh, We're All Dead. Huh. Okay. And it's like a South Korean zombie Um. TV show that takes place at a high school. Oh, fun. Okay. Or we're all we're all dead now, or we're all dead here. It's something like that. I can't recall. It was like zombie Degrassi, but in South Korea. It kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, at any rate, that is not our subject today. Uh, today, Alex. Yeah. Why don't you tell the lovely people what movie we're rebooting or debooting for them? Uh, <laughs> we are rebooting or debooting the Paul Verhoeven classic RoboCop. Uh, it was remade in 2014. I think the original one's like 1986 or something. Uh, 87, but yeah. 87. yeah. Yeah. So we will be talking about those two movies. Uh, RoboCop. <laughs> Robo, your move, creep. Yeah. Yeah. Taking you in dead or alive. Oh, dead or alive, you're coming with me? Yeah, lots of lots of fun quotes in the first one. <laughs> so, uh, what's your experience with RoboCop, man? Uh, other than knowing it existed, I don't think I hadn't actually ever seen the movie. I played this game on either Sega or Super Nintendo called Terminator vs. RoboCop, and that's honestly, I think, I think that's what the name of it was. We were talking about this, and we, I think we both had played it, but I don't quite remember what it was called. Uh, yeah, but like so, that's most of my RoboCop universe knowledge comes from there, and it's basically just knowing that RoboCop is a person, and then Ed Two is that what Ed, the chicken robot thing, those were in that game too. Uh, oh, you uh, Ed, uh Ed, yeah, two or eight what are they? Or something. Uh, two oh nine, Ed two oh nine. Sure, that one. Yeah, so like I knew that was a thing. I'm, like, vaguely aware of the premise of RoboCop before I watched it. Like, dude, you know, is, like, critically injured, and they, uh, $100,000 man him, or million-dollar man him. Six-million-dollar man him? Yeah. Some amount of money. I think they um, they build him back. I knew about that. I was, uh, I remember seeing trailers for the RoboCop remake, but I didn't see it. Um. Don't spoiler alert. I feel like I didn't really miss that much by not having watched it at the time upon revisiting it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. 
How about how about you? I'm assuming you. Oh, I also really like Paul Verhoeven, like Starship Troopers, and his <laughs> other movies. <laughs> so this was a fun one to uh, check off the list. Um, I had seen RoboCop two and three, but not the OG RoboCop. No, th- yeah, that is the OG RoboCop. RoboCop. Oh, wait, RoboCop. Like I saw RoboCop and then oh, two comma, and three. Two and three. Okay, right. Yeah, got you. Yeah. It sounded like you'd. Skip um, the first one. but I'd seen them all in the era of the nineties. Like right. I, I saw them all like maybe from ninety four to whenever the last one came out, like ninety. Yeah, I, I, I finished them or whatever. Um, and then I never went back. Yeah. I, I had, like, I had, I, I had the story of Robocop in my head. I knew it. Um, and then I just kind of let it be there. I never really felt the need to, uh, revisit the franchise. Yeah. And that includes the new one. No, I think that makes sense. After having watched the first one, it's like, yeah, it was pretty fun, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good now. I think I don't. Yeah, I, don't... I didn't. Yeah. I just never got around to watching the new one because I really didn't care about RoboCop as a, as a franchise for a movie. I'm like, I get it. Um, so have you've never seen RoboCop. So you went back and you watched it. What do you think? Uh, the first one I, I thought was fun. It wasn't like that good of a movie. I think Starship Troopers is a much better movie that does a similar thing where they're going to like, satirize american culture and like hyper violent american culture i think starship troopers does a better job this is still pretty good uh there's some like some hilariously over the top moments like when they're uh before robocop is robocop and he's getting like assaulted by those gangsters that's led by red foreman and they're like they have the shotgun <laughs> and they're just shooting off like his limbs like they shoot his hand right. off and then they shoot his entire arm off with a single shotgun shot or like anytime anyone gets shot when that when Ed two hundred nine kills that dude in the boardroom is just so over the top and like hilarious. <laughs> um, I like that stuff, but the movie overall was just pretty meh. Like plot wise, I was like, okay, this is fine, I guess. I like the little cut ins with the uh, like the worse and worse news stories that are happening in the background. That was very Starship Troopers, also. Um, and they're like the war in Mexico and that <laughs> the people talking about, Oh, they just bombed Acapulco or something. So no, I was going to go there with my family. What What about Nukem? Oh yeah. Nukem do using the Duke Nukem font, which was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, that I, so it was, it was an okay time. Like I didn't, I had, once the movie was done, I had like no desire to go and watch more Robocop from that era. It was fine. I don't know, but I probably won't revisit it. it right. Was, it, yeah, it made me think of the OG Judge Dredd, kind of like it. It had had some of the same beats. Yeah, and there's similar like cyberpunk universes, but like I think the OG Judge Dredd is over the top unintentionally, or like it's hard to tell. But <laughs> right, this one definitely knows what it's doing, and like Paul Verhoeven knows what he's doing. There's been interviews with him where he's constantly frustrated about like Americans not getting that he's like satirizing American culture in his movies and they just think they're like cool action flicks. Right. Um Yeah, but it was I don't know. It was it was fine. It was fine. I liked it more than the new one. Um Um I can yeah, I mean I'll I'll agree to that. Uh So 
Should we go over the yeah, plot well, of RoboCop? I feel like I mean, kind of for, for anyone. Right? So if if you don't know RoboCop, um, the the bubble synopsis is good uncorruptible cop uh, gets bad place like wrong place wrong time and gets uh, uh, murdered or attempted murder. Uh, but he gets tortured basically by a gang of criminals and they leave him for dead. And a company yes. are working on making a better cop, like a, a super soldier or whatever. Yes. Omnicore, which is like just this big mega corporation. Right. It's Omni Consumer Products, OCP. Yeah, OCP, the parent company of yeah. Omnicore. And uh, they take Murphy, because that's his name, Um and they use him as the prototype for, or the, the prototype for like the RoboCop initiative, where they take the only remaining parts of him that are human and intact, and they cyborg the rest of him. So, like legs, eyes, uh, giant robot chest, dump everything. But yeah, like everything is basically robotic except for his head or like his face, really, and then a hand. Well, in the is that do they make that much of him a robot? The old one too. I like is in the new one they fully show it, but like in the old one, it seems like when Red, I mean, when Red Foreman and Laura Palmer's dad were fucking him up in that warehouse, like they shot his arm off. But I think did he still have legs and stuff? I don't know. No, he he's it's, oh it's yeah, the it's same like, thing because his like, gun holster is in his leg. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and by the way, like this is a future world. It's like a sci-fi thing. Yeah. Uh, RoboCop takes place in 20. What year was that? I did research. Oh yeah. RoboCop takes place in 2028. Oh, cool. Seven years. People get ready. <laughs> it was six, right? Oh, oh, right. God. Yeah. It's 2022. Right. Yeah. Ugh. So in six years, the world of the future of RoboCop is here. Look out, Chicago. <laughs> really, though. Detroit's got some bad times. Or Detroit in this one? Yeah. Oh, it was Chicago in the other one? Whatever. Um, <laughs> so. I mean, what do you really say about it? Like, it, it would. I mean, I actually have a lot to say because I, I noticed some things while watching. Um, but what do you think? Uh, yeah, I thought it was an okay movie, kind of boring. There was some funny things, like unintentionally funny things in there that stand out. The the claymation for Ed 209 is quite bad, but like in a funny way. And it's like really <laughs> jarring when they cut in the claim. Like you can tell really clearly when they move from a stat, like a static model of Ed 209 to the claymation one, because it's like. You know that thing in old cartoons where you could tell if a door was going to move because it looked different than the entire background that it was painted on? Right. It's like right. that, it was... but with but with claymation <laughs> models. It was either lighter or darker in color. Yeah, it's like because they paint the backgrounds, but because it's animated, it's like it's on a cell that's overlaid on top of it. Looked like, right. It looked like that almost. It was pretty funny. Um, uh, I liked to also, I thought it was funny that they kept on, there were like several lingering shots on RoboCop's butt. And he's got like, it kept on making me think of the stupid sexy Flanders thing because his, <laughs> his butt gets quite big. Oddly, I don't, maybe it's because of like the robot servos or something, but uh, that part made me laugh a lot. Uh, so, um, Murphy had a wife and a kid. 
Oh yeah. And yeah. He was Barely. he he gets cornered. <laughs> he he gets cornered by a gang and they shoot him uh to death essentially with like shotgun blasts. They blow his hand off, they blow his arm off and they're just peppering him blah blah blah. And then Red Foreman, famous of that 70s show walks up and uh he shoots uh Murphy with a 45 in the head and they all leave. Oh right right. That's it. This is after um, they have pushed his after so like he went to that warehouse with his partner Lewis and uh she runs into a guy who basically just shoves her off of like a elevated platform onto a pile of mattresses. I, yeah, it's, only like I don't... A, it's only like a ten foot fall, but then like she just kind of like staggers around. She's clearly not dead, but then later when that dude that pushed her meets up with his cronies, like with his other buddies. He's like, oh no, I took care of her, and that's just the end of it. They don't think. To yeah, me. I'm like, like, he never even fired his gun. He just pushed her onto soft. Bones. I know. I don't. I, I, yeah, I'm not. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't fully understand <laughs> that. Um, but Murphy gets fucked up. Yeah. Yep. And when he does, because there's also this other. The whole thing is that the city of Detroit is under such siege from crime that no one knows what to do. So they're using uh, OCP is using ED-209 as a law enforcement droid. And that's going to like it's going to replace police. It's this huge lumbering mech. Yeah. Well, they they robot because no one gets inside of it. They want to Um, use it. Uh, They have like a little bit of a snafu in the boardroom when they try and demo it that first time. Right. Right. Um, an OCP also they own the <clears throat> I forgot. Are we in Detroit for this one? They own whatever police yeah. department this is happening yeah. in. And they, they also have... are trying to buy a portion of downtown Detroit, but it's like super crime ridden. So they want to like go through there and eliminate all the crime so that they can actually like have some profitable real estate happenings going on there. I think is like the overarching thing right. that leads to some more conspiracy kind of stuff. So when the demonstration of ED 209 goes tits up or pear shaped, <laughs> um, the, uh, a young buck who's just kind of like a, like a text boy at like a textbook asshole, uh, yeah. sees his chance. Cause he has the RoboCop initiative. Uh, he has the RoboCop initiative. So he pitches the RoboCop initiative to the president of uh, OCP. And then they're looking for a prime candidate for the RoboCop thing. They find Murphy uh, and they, you know, build him back. But they do a memory wipe on him so he doesn't remember who he was. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Yeah, I like the uh, the little montage of him, like, keeps on waking up and there's that, like, that gal scientist yeah. that's all drunk in one scene <laughs> like at their new year's it's, party that's the party yeah yeah this <laughs> yeah. is him and then she's just kind of like there in the background so, of like all the future scenes he was fun murphy becomes <laughs> robocop and he has a series of targeting protocols he has to go through and like little training and stuff and then he's set out on the force and it really is just watching a robot and he slowly starts to piece back his memory and he comes across his crime scene. Cause he has access to all of the police crime and yeah, uh, his own he, murder. Right. He uncovers he, a conspiracy. Right. 
so he starts to well, no no there's no conspiracy in this one really well not with there's no conspiracy with the police force there's a conspiracy with omnicorp yeah okay yeah that's sure yeah so like his his you know boss's boss or whatever is like spoiler alert is helping red foreman out who is like runs one of the biggest gangs in detroit or something it's like him and five people but they're like the biggest criminal operation in the city yeah And Murphy has basically been given the treatment of, uh, you know, super armor. He has like targeting. He has a big ass gun, whatever. He's a cyborg. Oh yeah. There's that, there's that scene where after he's all cyborged up, they're like, they cut to the pistol range at the police station. Right. Everyone's shooting. And then it's like, you can see one hand with like a bigger gun than everyone else sticking out and it's just like <laughs> annihilating the target and like shooting chunks of it off and then all that scene where everyone at the range peeks their head around those safety blinders and looks down at him was was pretty fun. Um yeah, yeah, it's there's a lot of moments in this where you can watch and it's I don't want to say it's like movie by numbers, but it's pretty movie by numbers. Yeah, like especially anything Anything you can watch and see in this, it's like, oh, this is seems kind of stereotypical, or this seems right on target for this movie. It pretty much is. There's yeah. nothing that Robocop does that really makes it exciting or new. Now, that being said, it's still an okay film for its genre. Yeah, and it's it's got that thing where like older movies that sort of like have pioneered concepts or whatever, because like cyborg crime fighting that used to be a dude was like not that novel of a concept now but at the time pretty new idea so it's like it's got that thing where it's like it kind of is made wor- like the, there's no novelty factor to it if you're watching it you know four right. years after it came out or whatever which is like how a lot of movies sort of <laughs> escape by yeah, it, i guess so. it, it, it doesn't have the movie itself is being made earnestly without any sense of irony or mockery other than violence in America and like what mainstream media is obsessed with. Right. So the movie comes at it from an earnest place and there's something in that. And there's a scene too, when a woman is being assaulted and RoboCop stops it, but there's a billboard behind her that says the future has a silver lining. Oh, like (laughs) RoboCop silver lining. Paul Paul Verhoeven there. A tour. I do. I think so, the, like, the parts that work best are like the the super satirical parts, like the newscasts or like the little asides to America bombing Mexico and stuff. Right. Um, that Nukem game commercial because they also <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> right yeah it's like well, they're, they're like Pakistan's nukes. crossing over my border. That's it. No more military <laughs> aid for you. And I'm like, is this <laughs> this is relevant? Like that is re- like we. That ha- there was a court, there was like a federal thing like two years ago with Trump and like Ukraine, and that's what the steel like. Well, okay, like yeah, it's spooky how art is starting to imitate life like that, or how uh, war never changes. In the words of Fallout narrator, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> war, war never changes. Yeah, um, so. Murphy is now just operating as Supercop RoboCop. 
he's breaking up crime. He's like lowering the crime rate in the city drastically because everyone's terrified of the super cop who can't be stopped. That's a Jackie Chan movie. And he's also, and, uh, he's also just in case anyone isn't aware, he's super robotic. He moves like a robot right. and he talks super monotone and like in this, like not jilting, but it's like very, I don't know. It's robotic sounding. He moves. Yeah. And sounds like a robot. And also, it's like really loud when he walks, and you can hear all of his servos actuating. Kind of sounds like he needs to be oiled or something. Right. They want to press the issue that this is a this He's, man is more machine than man. Yeah, now. very much a robot. He's like a robot with a man's face, basically, and right and hand. So RoboCop has a uh, he he has directives is to protect and serve to uphold the law uh like don't what's his harm civilians or something to, yeah um s- serve the public trust protect the innocent and uphold the law yeah he has a fourth prime directive that's classified which is it's only classified for our benefit right it's like right it's part of the thing with like okay this person's a robot but they have a visors like just for the benefit of the audience so we can see all of their cool like info overlay i don't know that any of that stuff would be necessary for an actual robot but whatever yeah (laughs) i'm not entirely sure um so and he doesn't know what his fourth directive is either yeah so it's just this is a four classified or something right like yeah uh come to find out that the now vice president of the robotics division is the guy who started the RoboCop initiative. Yeah, uh, he is trying to usurp and climb the corporate ladder above the uh, actual vice president of the entire company who is trying to get ED-209 to be the option because he actually wants ED-209 because it means military contracts and money. Yeah, and it's like there's a little bit of a an American psycho thing going on here where there's like they hate each other <laughs> because they're in the same corporation and they're competing against each other like to do better in the corporation too. Right. So it's like this guy is like his project is Ed 209 and his department is Ed 209 and the other like skeevy cokehead dude is his project is the RoboCop thing and they're butting heads because of that and there's a lot of like corporate infighting between them. Like, right. Uh, dog eat dog stuff so it turns out that the vice president is actually working with the crime leader red foreman yeah with the idea of with all of this this project we're making it's gonna be an entire new market of gambling prostitution drugs and you could run it all so you keep crime low now when we start building you can you'll have the entire run of it to get all of this money. Yeah, They're a, in bed together because of that. There's a little thing they don't really follow up on where they show Red and his crony is going to like try and muscle in on some other crime operation. Like when they're in that warehouse, you know what I'm talking about? They just shoot that guy? Uh, th- they're not... Well, no. Are they trying so, to buy him off? Is that what it was? Or they want to get no, weapons No, he from is him? trying to... That Coke dealer is trying to open up shop oh, in Red's neighborhood. Okay. And RoboCop interferes with that. Right, right. <sighs> Sweet ass motors. Okay. Um, oh, no, he's in the car. I also like, well, no, like 
Because he gets out and he starts like gunning them all down. And that's the scene where he gets Red's confession that he works for Dick Jones. Right, right. Who's there's, the CEO of Omnicore. It's like another nitpicky thing, but Robocop, he's like mostly metal, should weigh several hundred pounds. But when he gets into and out of a car, you don't even see like the shocks move. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. I mean, how many times does that happen, though, with like, I think I really realistically, I think the only time I've ever seen that done is in an X-Men movie. And it's Wolverine when he first gets on a motorcycle and the thing like drastically lowers. I think yeah. that's the only time I've ever seen in a movie where something is addressed that if a person is has metal or they're a cyborg or anything like that, they actually affect the weight of the thing they're riding as transportation. Yeah. Sometimes they'll try and like a uh, hand wave it away, but being like space age, new polymers and alloys. That are super <laughs> right, strong, right. But weigh nothing. They didn't um, try and do any of that in this one though. He's clearly very heavy. Did. You can hear his he's, footsteps. Yeah, they're loud. He's clearly very heavy. Uh, so it, it goes along and it's typical Robocop is upholding the law and he's also now maybe getting some of his humanity back. Uh, the police aren't really allowed to talk to him because even though Robocop is an officer, he is property of Omnicore. So they're two different divisions now, but yeah, he's also not very chatty. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So they wiped like the, they tried to wipe as much of the human part away from Robocop. And his old partner, or his, his new partner slash partner, uh, calls him Murphy once, and he ends up, Robocop ends up finding his murder, and that kind of triggers some memories. He asks about his wife and kid, and he finds out that they left. Uh, he visits his old house that's being sold, and he starts having flashbacks, and Robocop starts getting his humanity back. So now he starts kind of becoming self-aware in all of this. And it's at that time when the CEO of Omnicore kills the worm of the RoboCop initiative. Cause he's like, you're trying to usurp me. I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to let you take, I'm not going to let you take my position. I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, he, he uses red Foreman, right? Right. <laughs> that scene. He, is he awesome. sends red Foreman to kill him. It's, uh, it's the, the, the CEO guy, the RoboCop head guy. And it's like, it's him and two women just doing in like well, bitches. It's bitches, according to Red Foreman. It's him doing like what would now seem like insane amounts of coke, probably like a modest amount in the eighties. But it's basically like a glass table with like it's not Scarface levels, but it's way more than you'd be like, "Whoa, they really don't care. They're not even trying to like." It's like this. Boogie Nights levels of cocaine. Yeah, and that woman just pours a bunch of you know, it's probably baby formula or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tal talcum powder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Red Foreman shows up. And by the way, it's very weird seeing uh, Kirkwood Smith play this character because he's so burned in my brain as Red Foreman from that 70s show. Yeah, he doesn't even so, look that much younger in this. It's like, I know it's like, it's like 14 years before that 70s show came out or something, but he looks, I'm like, oh, this, this is just Red Foreman. He like, it's just Red. He got married to Kitty and lied about being in the war. That's, <laughs> I guess that 70s so, show takes place before this, technically, but maybe he got divorced and got into some weird stuff after. So, like, Red walks into this house and he just goes, Move it, bitches. And, like, that's how he just refers to the two women that this guy has probably hired. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. Uh, it's just weird seeing Red Foreman be like a gangster type. Yeah. So he put, like, he plays a DVD. Of the CEO oh, yeah, telling him right. his plan. Yeah, yeah. 
because they have to have the Bondian villain of like, let me describe my master plan to you before I kill you. Yeah, and we really and then didn't Red even... puts a grenade on the table and he bounces and the he thing puts it on there after he pulls the pin, very like in this oddly seductive way. He like chews on the pin with his Yeah, he'll yeah. And pulls it out between his teeth and puts it on the table like just out of reach. He shot the guy in the yeah. legs first though, right? Like so he could Yeah, he kneecapped yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Classic red form. Put a, a classic red form. Put his foot so far up that guy's ass. Can't walk. Um. So and by now, as this is going along, RoboCop as being part of a robot, and he has a targeting system. He has like amazing accuracy because of the targeting system. He has voice recognition. Everything he sees gets recorded. So when he encounters Red Foreman, who was also the same guy who murdered him, and now RoboCop goes on the hunt for him, yeah. Red Foreman eventually ends up saying that he works for Doug Jones, who is the head of Omnicore. This leads RoboCop to go and arrest Doug Jones. However, or- Directive 4 is revealed when RoboCop cannot arrest any uh, senior executive of the company. Yeah, and he's, he's not the head of Omnicore. He's like the VP or something. Vice right? president. Yeah. Yeah. But he's shooting for because the the chairman yeah. of Omnicore is pretty much on the way out. Yeah, but just the fact that he's not the president is important for the for the last scene, right? Because he's there. right, right. So this whole thing kind of kind of comes together, and uh, now Omnicore is aware that RoboCop. Now Doug Jones, CEO or Vice President of Omnicore, realizes RoboCop knows and he has this confession. So he then has the police turn against RoboCop or his private security team, who are the police, turn against RoboCop, except for RoboCop's partner, who's like, no, Murphy, we're, I'm, you're Murphy. And now he's been through a few shootouts. His armor has finally been broken. He's torn up a lot. And uh, he has like this whole warehouse bit where oh yeah <laughs> uh, the rest of red's gang are trying to kill him and they all and have one these guy... insane like anti-personnel guns that shoot exploding rounds they're like just one these... guy turns into the toxic avenger oh yeah that too oh god it's yeah. insane how quickly that guy melts after driving into what is very clearly an empty silo that says toxic waste on the side <laughs> of it <laughs> Um, no, it's a full silo. It's well, it, it I said think there's a there's a cut there, right? It's like the the yeah. car crashes <laughs> into, and you can see inside it's empty, and then like cut to all of this like toxic Slug, waste yeah. liquid running through the car, and then the dude runs out, and he's like he's just melting. He looks like. Let me think about it. He looks like something from John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, he. I, I was thinking of the Toxic Avenger too. I was like, wait, are these related? Is this like a <laughs> Daredevil Ninja Turtles thing? <laughs> Is somehow Robocop connected to the Tromaverse? Yeah. Did he? Did he make that bus crash or whatever it was? <laughs> um. So one of the henchmen, you know, gets mutated and then he gets run over and just. <laughs> oh God! He just liquefies. That's right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, get picked off. (laughs) The gang get picked off like one by one. Yeah. Those, those giant exploding guns are not very helpful. There's a point where like early on in the warehouse, Robocop just throws a can and two of them turn and just like shoot at nothing instead of giant explosions. It's just fun. Cool guns though. Yeah. Yeah. They're very neat. No kick, which is pretty amazing. They're uh, no kick. 
There's a scene when they when they first get those guns, one of them sticks it in between his legs and blows up a car with it. And I was like, oh, my God, you're braver than me. You haven't shot that thing before. You have no idea. Like, it looks like there should be insane amounts of recoil. Or, like, a, sh- a, a shell, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Because it looks like it has the look of like a sniper rifle, like a bolt action or something. Like, yeah, it looks there like, needs to be a casing popping out of there somewhere. It looks like the anti like material rifles from Fallout. <laughs> Giant <laughs> so, gal yeah. sniper rifles. So Robocop goes to arrest Doug Jones, part two. Um, but he can't because of Directive Four. Yeah. And by now. He has alerted the police. He has alerted everyone to what Doug Jones is up to. He's confronting Doug Jones in the Omnicore boardroom when all the other board members are there too, right? And he make he's like Doug Jones. You're wanted for the murder of uh, oh god, what was his name? Of uh, something Murphy wanted for killing a cop. Is that what they? Bob Morton. Oh, that was the other guy. The uh... (laughs) yeah, he's wanted. He's wanted in the murder of Bob Murphy. Or Bob Merton. Bob Morton. Bob yeah. Morton. And they're like, well, that's a serious accusation. And then Robocop plugs himself into the wall of televisions. Oh, with that spike because, thing. That weird yeah. spike interface that he killed. Did he kill Red Foreman with that? You he know. killed Red Foreman with that. Yeah. He stabbed him right in the I neck. Think, I was ah! like, didn't even show him wiping it off and he's just shoving it into that computer port. That's going <laughs> to corrode some things. <laughs> viscera, for sure. Um, so, uh, the... Dick Jones takes the CEO hostage with a gun and he's like, I want a helicopter and blah, 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 blah. And Robocop is like, I can't do anything because he is a senior executive. My prime, like directive four, I can't arrest or apprehend anyone who is a senior executive of the company because if he does it trigger, it triggers a shutdown of his system. Yeah. And like the dude has yelled that quite loudly in front of all these people, the, the president it's good. He's on the way out. Cause he doesn't seem very quick on the uptake here. Like it takes it right. It has to be laid out in front of him in very plain language before he fucking connects those dots of what he has to do. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I honestly, I enjoyed this cause Robocop oh, yeah. is like oh, has yeah. the shot and he can't do it. And when the president, the president of Omnicore breaks free and he goes, Doug, you're, or he goes, Dick, you're fired. And then as soon as he says you're fired, Robocop's directive vanishes over him (laughs) because he's no longer an executive. And then Robocop, he says, thank you. And then he just shoots him out of a window. (laughs) Yeah. Like a bunch. And also like that window is paper thin. That's not how those are made. (laughs) But, uh. It does. It did make me think about like the sort of the logistics of how this works, right? Like, does his programming just know? Like, did he only know he wasn't executive anymore because he heard him be fired in front of him? Like, if the dude had been served paper in a different room, like severance papers in a different room, would RoboCop <laughs> have known and been able to shoot him? You know, these are yeah, I don't not the most important thing in the world, but I did wonder about it because assuming uh, as like he knows who the executives are because when he was becoming RoboCop in the initiative, assumingly they put that in his database. So that yeah, means that that database would have to be updated or something. Yeah. Because yeah, they like, also showed that when RoboCop isn't it, working, he's sitting in this chair at rest. Oh, right. Yeah. He's got that weird zombie chair that he hangs out in. So yeah. like yeah. It's, So like it updated on the fly. I get, I don't know. It's not important. It's <laughs> kind of funny to think about. Um, and and you know and then RoboCop went on to be RoboCop two and RoboCop three and then there was a television show of RoboCop and there were toys and video games. Alex, 
Yeah. Do you know how much RoboCop cost? To make? Yeah. I'm guessing a lot. There's a lot going on there. $13.7 million. Oh, that's way lower than I would have thought. Okay. The box office was $53.4 million. Way to go, Paul Verhoeven. Okay. Now, I, I know in the past you've said that you've had some problems being able to tell like what 1950s money is. Yeah. And stuff. Have you so, adjusted for inflation for me? I, I, I have. Ooh, okay. In 1987, the budget of $13.7 million is actually... That's still really low for today. The box office gross, which was in 1987, 53.4 million is like 162 or something. $122 million. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, way to go. So that's like the movie budgets are so crazy nowadays. Then is like what this really makes me think. (laughs) Cause yeah, it really like a $30 million movie would be like an indie flick right now. Like it's, it's true. It like, really is, yeah. You'd get the equivalent of Clerks 1 or something for that much money. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, RoboCop went on to be a huge toy franchise and television franchise and uh, there were movies and it really became a piece of modern sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is like a... It's like Terminator and RoboCop, right? Yeah, and now like the sort of like half-human, half-cyborg thing is pretty... Uh, yeah, or like the human robot. Yeah, like Terminator. It's very similar. It's probably why that crossover works so well in those games. I guess yeah. Terminator came out in like 1981, right? Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, so this would have been yeah. after that, but still in the, you know, one of the forefathers of human robot crime fighters. So now we hop in our time machine and we travel to... Uh, 2014. The halcyon days of 2014. (laughs) And now we're watching RoboCop. Dark and gritty RoboCop. Still set in 2028. Uh, Here's the thing. Is it set in 2028? It's like way less futuristic. That was the thing that kind of bothered me about this one. It's still 2028. Um... I love all of the actors in this RoboCop movie. Same here. But this RoboCop movie was boring. Same here. I have the exact same thoughts. Like, like the cast Michael on Keaton paper should have been so insane. good. Yeah, the cast was like, awesome. Go through the cast a little bit. Uh, so we have Sam Jackson, I think, is the first person you see. Michael Keaton plays that executive. Gary Oldman is the scientist who makes RoboCop. Uh, the dude who God damn it. The guy from The Wire who's dead now, but he bubbles, I think. Uh, I don't know. It plays yeah. Lewis. I can't think of the actor's name. Might be. Uh, yeah, no, it's Michael K. Williams. Yeah, Michael K. Williams is yeah. his partner now. Um, Who else am I missing? I don't. Anyone, anyone else? In there? So there's Joel Kinnaman as Alex. Oh, Murphy. the main character. It took me forever to yeah. figure out what I knew him from, and it's from that season of House of Cards that he was in. I had to look up his IMDb to figure that out. He was in House of Cards. He was in Daredevil. He was in uh, Suicide Squad as uh, Colonel Flag. Yeah. Amy Garcia is in this. I love Amy Garcia. Was Amy that Garcia from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Wait, no, no, who's no. Amy Garcia is the female scientist who works with Gary Oldman. Oh yeah. I like her a lot too. That scene where she, she has to is, distract those guys with the guns is great. Yeah. She, I love her in Lucifer. She plays a forensic detective in Lucifer. It's awesome. I, I love Amy Garcia. I love all of the, like 
Daniel Cash is in that. John uh, John Paul Rutten is in it. Like, and that kid's like young. He's young. In oh, that. Jay Bruchel is in this too as like the PR yeah. dude for the company, and he's great in it too. Uh, yeah, it's really fun. Like, it's uh, who's Maddox? Uh, Jack Hale, Hale Haley or whatever. Jack Holly. Is that the yeah. Maddox? He's the guy who keeps calling RoboCop Tin Man. Oh, that that asshole! I don't know. I'll pull up the. Yeah, uh, that Jackie guy's Earl in it. Haley. Yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah, he's been in a few movies that I liked. Like it's so. The cast, yeah, based, like the cast on it's, paper, this should have been, this had a, the opportunity to be like a fantastic movie, and it's just boring <laughs> as fuck. It was boring. Outside of, really, there's like two really cool action sequences towards the end, but otherwise, it's just a snooze fest. Yeah. It's like, uh, one thing I also really like, too, is that, uh, shoot, who's the guy who played, uh, played Will Murphy in this? Joel Kinnaman. I yeah, love that he basically, yeah. like, so in the uh, in the original RoboCop, like, Murphy, you don't hear him talk too much, but he's at least a little animated before he gets turned into a robot. Joel Kinnaman right. has to change nothing about the way he speaks throughout the entire movie because he starts robotic, becomes robotic, and even when he becomes less robotic, <laughs> he's like, his voice, his intonation never changes. There's several right. scenes where they're like, Murphy, you have to calm down, and he's very clear, like, he's not emoting at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> It was really hard. He's to very clearly seriously. neutrally calm. Yeah, but then they're like they have all these like these panels behind him monitoring, like going insane or whatever. They're like he's freaking out. He's freaking out. <laughs> Give him serotonin or whatever. But Mur- <laughs> Murphy, yeah, Murphy starts robotic and stays robotic. Even like when he's with his wife and stuff, he basically never emotes at any point. Yeah. Um. So th- this RoboCop is a little more. They remove like it's all t- satire elements from this. It's just like a straight it's like a straight yeah. cop story with some robot elements. They make it way less futuristic. There's like like in They make it draconian almost. Yeah, in like in the OG RoboCop, there's like there's like fancy future cars and the building they're in has like all of this like fun like what we thought the future was going to be like in the 80s tech all right. There's like TVs all over the place and like these funny computer right. interfaces they're using. In this one there's like Outside of the facility where they build RoboCop, there's like nothing, nothing futuristic. There's there's nothing futuristic. There's cool little phones that you can see through. That's about it. That's, that's yeah. That's there's just otherwise it's like everyone's just driving around in like their 2013 Ford Fusions and stuff. There's nothing. They didn't even like yeah. They tried to do they do like no world building in this, which kind of sucks. So at 29 minutes in to this film. Um, uh, yeah, this thing we we get to like too. It takes so we, long we, for anything to happen. At tw- so, and again, there's like you know, uh, Murphy is a man and he's working with his partner and they're trying to get this criminal like, gun smuggler off the streets. And it turns out that he has guns. He was uh, an associate of his was selling guns that were supposed to be in police lockup. So there's dirty cops and blah 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 blah. Murphy gets too close, so his car gets firebombed and then boom he gets put into this initiative by michael keaton who wants to try to get drones 
used in America as police because as the, yeah. as this RoboCop starts, it shows us the Middle East and all these Omnicore robots protecting the civilians. Quote unquote. But it seems more of like a Nazi lineup. Yeah, it's just a military state. Like everyone, like they're they're shaking, well not shaking down, but they're basically like, they're essentially stop and frisking everyone in the street in, I think they're in like right. a Batabat or something or... <laughs> I don't. I think maybe they were in Iran. I don't quite remember. But uh, yeah, so it's it's just like robot fascist police state in the Middle East, yeah. sponsored by Omnicore, and they want to bring that to America. And Samuel Jackson, who is an Alex Jones type or a Tucker Carlson type, he's closer to a Tucker loves- Carlson. Yeah, he's like they never really say. It seems like he's definitely like in the pocket or on their payroll or something because he's his show is, seems to exist just to like shill for Omnicore and to make <laughs> oh it my clear God. that he wants like, to build a pass. And he, he keeps like, talking about America and calling, America's freedom. And... I don't think he ever says it directly, but he calls like, he essentially is calling like these Congress people who are wary about putting these military robots on the streets. He's like calling them pussies and saying they need to like wisen up and stuff. It's like a black version of Michael Savage. Is yeah. Really like... And he's got that weird, there's something odd about his hair. It reminded me of his character <laughs> in Django Unchained, where it's like also he has yeah. kind of a strange hair piece in that. It was similar. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 in the original Robocop, things feel more, oddly enough, organic. Yeah. In this, it seems like they rushed the assassination or murder of Murphy just to get to the RoboCop element of the movie. Oh, God. But yeah, it also like, seems like the plot's de- overdeveloped. This, it seems like this, this movie, like it, th- this needs to be an episode of The Wire, yeah. th- or this oh. needs to be like a TV show. It the, seems like the plot is so packed in that first twenty nine minutes, it's overdeveloped. Yeah, the mo- so the movie's like two hours long. They spend, I think it takes yeah like twenty to thirty minutes for Murphy to get car bombed or whatever right like he yeah. him and his partner uh, was that guy michael kenneth something um, michael k williams michael yeah michael k williams is his partner michael k williams gets way too little screen time in this also for how good of an actor he is but like basically no one besides gary oldman anyway not important <laughs> so like him they go in and they go and investigate this thing with the with the guns and they think they found some dirty cops and they're gonna buy stuff and they get like ambushed in this building right and then uh Michael Kenneth Williams gets all shot up and then Murphy goes to visit him in the hospital. Someone plants a car bomb in his car. He comes home and gets blown up. That takes like 30 minutes. Then the middle hour of the movie is all just like the RoboCop training montage, basically. Yeah. And it it's so... It's just boring. There's like nothing happening. It's just pinging back and forth between like, here's RoboCop and... He doesn't quite, he's having trouble adjusting to the fact that he's RoboCop and he saw himself and now he's just a pair of lungs and a head and he doesn't like that very much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, Murphy, so Murphy is essentially declared dead. Yeah. And they bring him back. But when Murphy first wakes up and he wants to see himself, they remove all of the, like, robotic parts of him. And it's just a brain, uh, like, his head. A pair of lungs and then his hand. His right but hand, you, not connected to anything. It's like they just salvaged just the hand. <laughs> but if you look at anything else, when they first show him, he's got like a lay. Like they said, he has fourth, de- like third degree burns all over his body and stuff. But yeah. I'm like, I feel like you cut more than you needed. Oh, to. they definitely did. They said he might be paralyzed or something. We're like, okay, so just put like you can keep his torso. Jesus, if you can make <laughs> RoboCop, you can like you know what I, I mean. Know. You have the technology. Like, we you have could have given him more human than. 
we have pretty good burn treatments now, let alone what we would have in 2028 or whatever, you know, like this, it's yeah, unnecessary. Yeah. I was like, I saw that. I was like, okay, Gary Oldman, you did that because you wanted to. This is, this was not medically <laughs> necessary. I'm like, did you get drunk with a fucking scalpel and play operation? What happened yeah. here? Like, it was, where did all of it go? I did like the sort of like, uh, theorizing about like how cool prosthetics could be in the future. Like that scene where that guy is, playing his uh like classical guitar with his robot hands is like right really neat i did the thing about like if you get emotional it fucks these up that seems like a stupid subplot i know that they right. it becomes like relevant for robocop a bunch of times but it's like that seems like a pretty big flaw if you have to be like just some weird <laughs> subdued weirdo the entire time to use these prosthetics like the guy even says he's like i need emotion to play my guitar <laughs> and then gary oldman's like okay moving on like something else yeah. comes up <laughs> So, and here's something I thought about. In the original RoboCop, Murphy is more robot than man. In yeah. this RoboCop, he's definitely more man than robot because he's fighting against the system, like the, his synapse and his yeah. family, and he has all this stuff. So, uh, I, does having... Uh, does having more human RoboCop in the movie give me less of an emotional attachment since Murphy in RoboCop is already doing the heavy lifting for me? Because I, I felt less connected to this Murphy than I did in the original RoboCop because I was watching this and I'm like, oh, I don't need to care. This guy is experiencing anger, sadness, depression, confusion. Yeah, well, He has all of his human emotions. I don't need to get emotionally invested. Whereas in the original RoboCop, I found myself a little more emotionally invested because there was a lack of emotion. I think, I mean, they say that Murphy is experiencing all of these emotions, but they never really show him experiencing them. He just he keeps on, he just speaks flatly the entire time. It's like, well, and it's implied that like his stress levels are up because they keep showing it and stuff. Yeah, they but they don't on. have any of that conversation in the original. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And so like in the original one, he goes straight to being like full on robot. In this one, they have that middle area where it's like, he's still, it's like, He's like his old robotic Murphy self, but he's like now in the RoboCop, but he's still like mostly whatever, you know, whatever quote unquote personality he had is still there. And then later on, when he starts get when they start saying he's getting like really emotional, he's like going to have a seizure or something. They like, they crank up the robot juice or whatever. And then he's like, then he's well, they RoboCop. turn down the dopamine. Yeah. Yeah. They basically like they, which was weird. Cause like, I think you would want to turn it up to subdue him. But anyway. They basically uh, make him hit. They basically make him fucking bullseye from the Daredevil show he was in, because like they yeah. turn him into a sociopath at that point. Really? Well, yeah. Then, then he is like way more reminiscent of like the original RoboCop, RoboCop, where he like he walks right. in straight lines and turns at hard right angles, and he like only speaks in penal code language. Right. Um, him and Judge Dredd would get along perfectly. Probably, yeah. There'd be zero <laughs> small talk in that partner operation. <laughs> They would get. The, they would be such an efficient team. Yeah, it would be such an efficient team. You're a move, creep. I declare you guilty. Okay. Yeah, here's my partner, Judge Dredd. Yeah, <sighs> Jesus. Um. So in this, and, and again, I'm watching this, and I'm like, this should be amazing because I'm seeing. Michael Keaton and Gary Oldman and Joel Kinnaman. And I'm like, these people are all massively talented 
I've seen them in tons of things. I know how talented these people are. Yeah. But this but is just boring. It is. It's, you know, you're talking about like the first one being paint by numbers. This one is really paint by numbers. It's just, it's basically just like a dirty cop movie that happens to have a robot in it. Like now when, when they pitch the idea of RoboCop to like, he he's Murphy is ready to go. He's ready to blah, blah, blah. And he looks, he has like traditional like silver armor or whatever. Oh, right. And Michael Keaton's like, no, you know what? People don't know what they want until you show them. So let's make him more tactical. And then from then on, we see Batman cop. Cause yeah, now he's, he's just all, all fucking black. Yeah. There, I did, at least at this point when he's in all black and they turn him into a robot, ironically, the movie gets a lot more engaging for me when he's more of a robot because that's when he starts like murdering all these people, which is kind of what we're waiting for the entire time. At the, like at this point in the movie, I'm like, okay, there's no satire to be found here. Like Sam Jackson is kind of a caricature of like a Tucker Carlson or whatever, but it's like in the movie, he's just earnestly arguing for this bill that we, the audience know is going to fuck things up. But, right. Like, there's, but they don't like, they don't do anything particular. Like Omnicore is a scummy like evil corporation but like all of the sort of like the really fun over the top stuff that Paul Verhoeven is very good at is just like gone from this that, that yeah. so you, you said like the scummy corporation right yeah in this robocop in 2014 they make a note of like there's evil intent here they're only caring about money yeah. the corporation in the original robocop it didn't seem like that in the original robocop it just seemed that it was like an incompetent text like schoolboy asshole who was yeah. trying to climb the ladder corporate ladder yeah he was doing that and then they're like there happened to be <laughs> corporate corruption but it's like it wasn't it was they weren't <laughs> making a statement like this is how corporations run or whatever i don't i guess like right. that's sort of the only like indictment in the new one is like they the way they portray omnicore probably accurate is like they're <laughs> They're only concerned about like profits and like PR things, right? Like Jay Bruchel keeps on coming in and he's talking about like the favorability ratings of Robocop or whatever. Like he's right. just he's like he's like their ad guy. It's like that yeah. I like the I like the introduction of that like character in that. I thought Jay Bruchel and his role in it was quite good. But <laughs> I like Jay Bruchel, period. He's, yeah, me too. Like the scene on the end the scene at the end on the helicopter pad where he's, <laughs> he's like, like just the marketing. He's like, okay, okay, okay. He's guts down so fast. It was great. He's like, I'm just in marketing. <laughs> I'm the PR department. Get on the ground, put your hands behind your back. Okay. <laughs> um and along the way, like they're really trying to like hammer this discussion of man machine is murphy a robot and they even talk about like he's a machine who thinks he's a man and yeah they, but they don't make it there, there is no philosophical groundation after that it's like they say that and then they expect everyone to but they don't do any like yeah and then like gary oldman's character is strange to pin down in this too because like he's like at the beginning he has some qualms about doing this but he's like won over by Michael Keaton's promise of like unlimited funding basically and then he does the murder right. thing that he's like kind of sketched out about but he's like compassionate about it and then at a certain point is like when he turns up like the when he turns down the dopamine like to make him more robotic he just does that he doesn't seem to have a lot of qualms about doing it the other scientists around him are like Jesus Christ man like we need to give him a little bit he's like no no keep going yeah like, like so, when, when he starts yeah and then he has a turn like immediately after that when Robocop like you know, like breaks his directives or whatever and starts going rogue. Then Gary Oldman is like, no, 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 I was on your side the whole time. But he's like, he's back to being a good guy. 
Yeah, I don't. I, they never wrestle with like any of the like they're gonna. They made the movie super serious, but they don't like really try to engage with any of the serious topics. I guess I don't. I don't know. There, there was a like when RoboCop goes like Batman cop and he's all in black. <laughs> yeah, and they they go to a training montage or like his training simulation. Oh, and that giant empty I, warehouse I, with all the robots. In my notes. It says not even focus can save this training demo because it's fucking boring. Yeah, that was. They're playing. A, they're playing the song "Hocus Pocus" by a band called Focus. Oh, and okay. it's actually a great song. Like that, it's a great musical piece. It's awesome, awesome thing of yodeling in it. Really cool flute thing. If you haven't heard of uh, "Hocus Pocus" by Focus, I'd go check it out because it's awesome and fun to say. But it's so generic of like yeah a training like simulation you've seen this training simulation in every other military movie where they're supposed to be a badass you've seen it in fucking the matrix you've seen it in john wick you've seen it in the born identity you've seen it in every mission impossible but movie you've those, seen it in jack reacher like it's are, all been done i haven't seen jack reacher but like all the other examples you listed are like more effectively carried out versions of this like in john wick the the fight and like gun kata choreography is amazing. And this, it's kind of just like it's him walking, kneeling, shooting robots that probably aren't even in the room. Like, there's no way they're in the room with them as they're. So it's you do that thing where you think about like, okay, this is all green screen. So it's just Murphy like making finger guns at stuff. Yeah, in a, in a giant yeah. empty warehouse, you know. <laughs> like, right. But it's not. It's not like a, that part isn't particularly. You get to watch a bunch of robots get shot in the head, but it's not particularly engaging. And then right. the, there's a scene after that where he goes and like fucks up that drug warehouse place or something. Yeah. Right? And I was like, oh, cool. We're going to see something neat happen. But then they shut all the lights off. So you don't get to see anything fun. You just see like the visor video <laughs> game overlay of like red right. figures popping up from behind cover and then getting shot. Kind of like. Right. It reminded me of like those. Uh, do you ever play like those arcade on rail shooters where you would like like Area Fifty One or whatever, where you like move through yeah. a room and then like flat guys would pop up in the sides and you would shoot them and then move forward? It was like watching someone else play that. It was not. It's not that impressive. Um, yeah, it was so um, it was pretty neat sequence, but I don't know. they keep this entire movie. They keep trying to like put themselves in the line of like, this is a moral discussion of, is this morally right? Is this a man? Is this a machine? They keep trying to push this issue, but it just keeps seeming to make the same points. And it's, there is no real moral dilemma yeah. they wrestle with. There's a really, not even a good part. Like the, even like the, the two sides of this, like, should we be policed by robots or not issue? Like the people who are against it, like, I would be on their side, but they don't make particularly convincing arguments either. Like there's one where someone is asking, they're like, okay, but if this robot shoots a small child, will that robot feel bad? And they're like, no. And, see, and then they say like, see, that's why we need people doing this. I'm like, that's why we need people shooting kids. What are you talking about? It's very the, like, <laughs> you know what movie does this version? You know what movie does this better than this RoboCop movie? Uh, Wally. I robot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and that was, you know, written by a yeah. very competent sci-fi writer back in the day. <laughs> right. so. You know, three people wrote this RoboCop, but that's no matter to me. <laughs> um, 
Do you hear that right now? Uh, I heard you make a noise. Oh, okay. No, sorry. There are three big ass military helicopters over my house right now. Uh oh. And like they're like the walls started rattling, and I'm like, what? Ooh, weird. Maybe it's sorry about before. it. <laughs> it was weird. Well, your I don't think your mic picked it up. Okay, good. I was yeah. like, because like the walls started rattling and the windows started rattling. I'm like, what? If I look up. I'm like, oh, helicopters. Gotcha. Cool. That thing that we like to see. Right around. <laughs> um. So, it, yeah, it never. No one makes a good point on morality. No one. It's just kind of boring, blah. You, this is the kind of conversation you could have in like a high school class of like, should robots police people? Yes, no, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay, and tomorrow we're going to be talking about, should, uh, I guess. It's not even a good, like, yeah. It's not even a good like discussion of those, the like the possibility of that happening or whatever. And t- they also like say a bunch of stuff that isn't true, right? They're like, robots can't be prejudiced. And it was like, well, like the machine, maybe like the metal parts can't but like we know that algorithms are actually like can have like unequal outcomes based on race because of the people who made them so it's like oh, even right even a right. lot of the, a lot of the points they bring up in favor like i don't know it's just <laughs> no one like no one's doing a very good job arguing their point on this and uh, you know robocop goes on and he solves his own murder and it turns out that Two cops are dirty, which leads to the dirty police chief who's been working with a weapon dealer the whole time. Yeah, and he's like, and they shut RoboCop down remotely, like, right before he gets a confession from the chief, and then that leads to the climax scene, which is, he, like, has this confrontation with Omnicore. Very stupid thing that happened in there. This is, I don't, okay, so there's, like, this thing where, like, the Ed 209s in this universe, they won't shoot you if you don't have a weapon. That's, like, that's just some unbreakable rule. So, like, this SWAT team coming in to help Murphy, they drive their car through a window and into one of these Ed 209s, and then Michael K. Williams gets out and puts his hands up, and then, the uh, like, they were shooting at him, but as soon as he puts his hands up, everyone stops shooting at him. They were shooting at RoboCop right before this. Apparently, all you have to do to shut these things down is put your hands up, because everyone stops firing. It's like they're confused by it. It's like the T-Rex yeah, don't, not moving or something. Don't have a weapon. It's predator rules. Yeah, it like, was truly bizarre. I was like, really? They're not even like, they have these fancy targeting computers that can't shoot around him to get to Robocop, who they wanted to kill. But I don't know. I don't know. That, and, yeah. The, I did yeah, like the scene where he comes in on his motorcycle. There's all those guys out, like the private security guys out front. <laughs> they're like, this is private property. Laugh. He tases that one guy. They're like, Okay, uh, we don't. They put their guns down and leave. <laughs> and then when he jumps his motorcycle in and like domes that Ed 209 with it, like he jumps off of it and hits the robot. That was very cool. And the scene where he is fighting all the 209s and he's like underneath that one, um, yeah, as he's shooting other ones, that was pretty cool. That was that was the only point in the movie where it was like, this is neat. Uh, and then it drops <laughs> off very quickly after that. <laughs> And these ED two hundred nines way more competent than the original oh, Robocop. Yeah. That is, but in they're... the original Robocop, they can't walk downstairs. Oh yeah, yeah, he just falls over on his back. <laughs> I think there is a little nod to that. Like one of them falls over in a funny way and lands on his back like a turtle. Um, yes. Oh, there's also there was a really one thing I liked in this. It was a reference to the old Robocop. They have in the old Robocop. There's this gag. They kept on cutting to these TVs and they're oh, playing God, this show, yeah. and it's just this guy saying, "I'd buy that for a dollar." <laughs> and like, yeah, everyone laughing or whatever. It's like contextless. And then in this one, they have that scene where the asshole, the 
Maddox guy, the like the he's like their yeah. weapons, their like head of weapons dude or whatever. He puts Robocop through his training simulation and he fails the first time or he does it like more slowly than one of his robots. He goes, nah, I wouldn't buy that for a dollar. And I was like, oh, because I watched Robocop yesterday, I know what you're doing here. <laughs> yeah, they do a lot of like, they do three or four callbacks yeah, to the original. Like little nods. There, yeah. there, there's a scene, I think it's the end when Robocop is trying to apprehend uh, Michael Keaton and Protocol 4 comes up which is you can't arrest like red assets. Oh uh, yeah. 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 Can't be targeted, but he says you're coming with me dead or alive. Right. Yeah. Like in the first one, I would have well, liked yeah. to have seen a, your move creep mixed in there. That would have been, that would have been good. Yeah. Um, I love that just... someone programmed RoboCop to call criminals creeps. Cause it's such like a, <laughs> such a value <laughs> statement. It's funny for a robot to use that language. <laughs> Put the girl down. Creep. <laughs> Also, um, RoboCop but, doesn't shoot anyone in the dick in this one, which is disappointing. He does not. That's a he classic does, like, scene it's... in the first RoboCop. I think even if you haven't seen the movie, like I had never seen the movie, and I, like I was aware of that scene. Um, <laughs> you were, it, it, yeah. It's used to demonstrate RoboCop's targeting, and like yeah, he's able to shoot yeah. in between this woman through her dress and into the guy's dick, which is great. And so, and again, like so now, you know. Michael Keaton is up on the rooftop, and oh, by now also, he has his family his, hostage at this point. Or he has RoboCop's family hostage at this point. Yeah, which, R- RoboCop, RoboCop's why, family. Why his does the wife, wife has been like speaking out? Why did she agree to go up there? That part I do not get at all. She's like pissed off. She says she wants nothing to do with this guy. He just said her husband is dead you because about it, it, but like, because they can't leave. Like they lock the building down, so she wants explanations. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Well, they say to bring her up there, right? So, like, they just grab her and take... I don't know. I would have been like, no, I'm just going to hang out in the lobby, I think. Well, because she said, I want to talk to... Oh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Keaton. Sellers. Yeah. 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 Oh. So, it, it comes down to this whole thing <laughs> where, like, his wife, uh, Murphy's wife, has been, you know, Omnicorp, have, like, them haven't let me talk to my husband. He hasn't seen our son. Uh, he's not the man. That he, he's not a man. And yeah. it's it's this whole thing. And... Robocop so has then, broken his programming at this point, and like Omnicore has decided they're just going to like call it a loss. And right, they're ready to roll out the rest of the initiative. Yeah, so they like they've captured Robocop after he exposed, like after he's about to expose the police chief. They shut him down, and they capture him, and they're telling people, and then they have like publicly said that Robocop is dead, basically. Like right, or they're getting ready to make that announcement, and they they've told his wife that he died, that he had a psychotic break and killed a bunch of cops, and then they had to kill him. Uh, this is after he's exposed like massive corruption inside of his own police department. Yeah, or he's about to. That that scene was cool yeah. too. I love that he's showing his visual feed on all the TVs in the police department <laughs> right. as he's going around, and that scene where he confronts those two dirty cops that ratted that like sold, sold him out was really good. <laughs> Uh, where he just like shoots that guy, like he's like waiting. Yeah. He knows he's gonna pull a gun. He doesn't. He shoots him, and then he just as he's leaving, he tases the other guy for fun. I like anytime, <laughs> yes, anytime RoboCop like bitchily tases someone just for the fuck of it. That was it wouldn't be. I don't love that real cops do that, but it was kind of fun to watch RoboCop do it to people who deserved it. I like that. So when the visor is down on RoboCop, he's in combat mode, and that's when the machine is in control. When the visor's yeah. up, he's Murphy. So he does his first training simulation, physical training simulation, and it's just him and Maddox, and the visor comes up, and he goes, hey, Dr. Norton, <laughs> yeah. what happens if I tase a little prick in an ecto suit? 
And Doctor and Gary Oldman goes, he like calms in and he goes, I don't know, Alex, but I think we'd love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just tases Even Maddox too, out. he's like, Yeah, do it. Fine. <laughs> no, not Maddox. Maddox is the well, guy in the Yeah, he's in the suit, but he also is, he's like yeah. doesn't he say like do it basically? No. No, no, no. He's he's in a world of hurt. Yeah, I mean like right, but I thought he said something right before he gets dazed. Anyway, not not hugely important. Yeah, that, that part's fun too. Uh, that was a fun line for um, Gary Oldman. There's some like little moments in here that are fun because there's really good actors in it, but like just overall the movie is <laughs> the plot yeah, is it's not just good. kind of boring. It, it's an yeah. overdeveloped plot. They could have gone for something so much simpler and made it, I think, more they could have made it better, but they went for a generic corruption in the city, blah blah blah. They had a lot like they had an original concept they could have gone with which is we're going to turn murphy into a robot but then they added this weird plot of like like police corruption and shit like that that we've seen a million times on television and other movies and it waters the whole thing down yeah yeah they kind of split it between like this like kind of think piecey thing about like what makes a man a man and what makes a robot a robot and like where at what point like moving on that scale do you cross over into the other one right but, but then also, um, there's corrupt cops. <laughs> so yeah. You have to break also, up this conspiracy. Yeah. And so Murphy is up there with his family now, and he's, like, missing an arm, and he's all fucked up. And Michael Keaton is like, I, like, red acid, I own you, blah, blah, blah. He breaks his, uh, Robocop breaks his programming, kills Michael Keaton, his system gets shut down, and then everything's fine because he gets brought back to life by Gary Oldman. He he gets his silver armor back. I think him and Michael Keaton shoot each other at the same time, basically, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. This is the second Um, same-time shooting that happens in this movie. I had to watch... There's one scene that I had to watch like four times because it's like it happens very quickly, but it's when Michael K. Williams and his SWAT team come in to help RoboCop, right? And then... uh, Michael K. Williams gets shot by, or like, oh, so Maddox is about to kill RoboCop. He's got RoboCop down. He's got a gun to his head. And then, like, Maddox gets shot by Michael K. Williams, who's in there. And then, like, real quick, like, lightning quick, there's this scene of, like, Michael K. Williams. You see him and, like, away from the camera. And then there's, like, a figure very close to the camera, just some random bad guy, like, turns and they both shoot each other. And it happens in, like, half a second. They're both down. Yeah. Um, Michael K. Williams was fine, though. Yeah, he could tell it wasn't yeah, fatal. Yeah, because Robocop told him that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was unfatal. Michael K. Williams, man, he's like, he has like five minutes of screen time in this movie, <laughs> and it's just him getting like incapacitated so fast in both of them. I know. It's really, oh, man. So, and, and now, and they're also like the third plot, because there's the oh, one yeah. plot of Robocop, the second plot is the bad cop and then the third plot there's also the second the second plot is kind of that crime guy who assassinated robocop right and robocop hunting him down like expose it's him like following the corruption yeah so right starts with the crime thing and then follows up yeah the the third plot is this thing called the dreyfus act which is uh, the use of drones and robots on american soil and the, samuel jackson has been like the Dreyfus, yes, we need it. No, the Dreyfus Act outlawed that, right? And they're they're right. they, they're trying to repeal Omnicore is trying to get that law repealed, basically. Correct. And so that's like 
the other half of all of these PR things they're doing, like they put RoboCop out there to like put a friendly face sorry, on, <laughs> yeah. on these robots so that the American people would be more receptive to being policed by them. And the president vetoes the repeal and then it shows Murphy oh. at the end. Yeah, which is fucking stupid. They have this huge buildup to like, okay, yeah. then, it, then the bill gets repealed like 58 to 12 or something. And we're and like, the oh, that passed. Just... But like the president vetoes it at the end. It's like part of the wrap up session, right? They're like, <laughs> yeah. they're like, okay, RoboCop's fine. And also, we didn't forget about it, guys. Pre- yeah. The president vetoed the bill. So this was actually, there were no stakes to this the entire time because we could just right. hand wave it away. So fun. And then Gary Oldman has now rebuilt RoboCop uh, with a silver body like the original oh, yeah. RoboCop. <laughs> and and then dump the movie ends. Butt. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. The movie just fun. That's it. That's it. Does he does, um, does RoboCop go back to his house at the end? Does he meet his it, No, it no, just showed his family walking towards him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was it. And then it cuts to the so, credits and I turned it off immediately. It cuts to the credits with them fucking playing I fought the law. Oh, yeah. Which doesn't uh, make any sense. That's what I thought too. I was like, really? This that was another one where I was just like, okay, this is just like some bullshit. Like, you can play this at the end of any police movie. And it would be yeah. like, mildly appropriate, but it's such a such a lame choice at this point because, like, even you know, even in 2014 when this came out, that had been like done so many times. It's just I like, and it also doesn't make sense because it's like it's a song song from the perspective of an outlaw of an outlaw, like right. RoboCop is exposing corruption. He's like, I, get, I don't know. It was, he is a cop. He yeah, is a he cop's is, cop. He's like, the law, and he won. Like. I don't. <laughs> it was a yeah, truly a weird choice. It was really like, who picked this? Did we just say like, it could have been like, I shot the sheriff or something too would have been as appropriate. Which is to say, not at right. all. It's just a song that mentions law enforcement, <laughs> right? Uh, so this movie cost roughly one hundred twenty-five million to make. Uh, that sounds more like it. Yeah, lots of CGI in this. <laughs> the box office take was two hundred and forty-two million. Oh, so it's still doubled its money jesus okay but somehow yeah didn't that wasn't ever, enough i guess it didn't it wasn't enough yeah he so got now, some pretty lukewarm reviews i think the imdb score is like six out of ten or something originally they were trying to get tom cruise johnny depp and keanu reeves to be murphy <laughs> keanu reeves none of that should have robot face maybe do you know who they were initially talking to write the script for and to direct uh david Ayers. Darren Ofnowski. Oh, whoa! That would have been an insane movie. I would have yeah. watched. I would have watched <laughs> that. That would have been nuts. <laughs> so, on this, when I found that out, I'm like, "What the fuck?" Here's a quote: <clears throat> "I wanted to make a film that is passed into the near future." Now, the uh, uh, Ofnowski script was going to be three thousand years in the future, whoa. when humanity would have lost the notion of morality, and the only place wherein could recover the concept was in the RoboCop program. It had nothing to do with what I wanted, so I did not even read the script. God damn, that sounds. I would have watched that. I mean, I really like Darren Aronofsky, at least his earlier movies. So I definitely I like check this out. some of his films. Yeah. Requiem for a Dream, Pie. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, not so much mother. Know. Not so much mother. I like the fountain, but that's not a lot of people like that movie. Right. <laughs> um, I didn't see Noah, had, like, but yeah, they had some other like Sean Penn at one point. Uh, was you know there's going to be some other people. Um, 
this movie is just boring. Yeah, it's super boring. It was so it was so boring, and it made double its money, but that wasn't enough to save it because the sequel was just canceled for no real reason. So now we're getting a reboot uh, called RoboCop RoboCop Returns, and it's a direct sequel to the original RoboCop. (laughs) I love it. So it's wiping out RoboCop two and three, and then the 2014 remake. They're doing the Halloween style reboot, right? Where it's like we're gonna take the ones we liked, we're keeping those. Everything else is gone. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'll see that. Probably not. And now Abe Forsyth is set to direct. Oh, I don't think I know who that is. That name's the Forsyth name sounds familiar, but that that name shows up a lot. Um, I don't think he's done anything you know. Okay. So Yeah. Uh yeah, so this is <laughs> the this is the future of Robocop and Man. Eh, yeah. Like I'm really disappointed we didn't get that Darren Aronofsky one. <laughs> that could have been the amazing. One that, the yeah. one that's set 3,000 years in the future and yeah, detached you know, from humanity. And you know how there was the Robo, that. Like, Robocop <laughs> brings it back into that. And Yeah, it's like, it makes me think of a, it's like the, they got a lot further on it, but there was going to be like that, that French director, something Jordorowski was going to make a version of Dune. Uh, like oh, for, right. HR right. Dagger doing all the art and stuff. And like that never came. I was like, that. man, this could have been, you know, <laughs> what could have been, man. Okay. Geiger doing Doom stuff would have been like, that's yeah, dude, would yeah, have been dude like Geiger sandworms would have been right. Fun. <laughs> Or like so the Geiger for everyone involved. Geiger Baron Harkonnen probably would have made me jump out of my skin. <laughs> Geiger was a mess. Yeah, so but this is the world of RoboCop. Like, hmm. it, it, it's yeah. odd to me that a movie that did double its box, like its budget, was just so lukewarm that no one really cared to pursue the sequel. Yeah, it's weird because like normally, yeah, normally even a movie with bad reviews or like middling reviews, if it makes a lot of money, you know, like they keep making Fast and the Furious movies and I don't think it's because Roger Ebert loves them. It's because family. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, family (laughs) and cars in space now. But yeah, this was just so lukewarm received that... You know, yeah. Well, maybe wah, wah. maybe the people involved knew too, or something. <laughs> like, let's just you know, let's just put this puppy out of sweep, his misery, or something. Sweep this under the rug, and yeah, just throw it yeah. in a sack and put it down a well. Um, I yeah, it was. I w- was. I love the cast. I was bored by the film. Yeah, it seems like you know, like on paper, I don't know. It seems like it should have been so cool, especially like yeah, just like rattling off the cast. I was super excited because, like, I didn't. As I started watching it, I was like, "Whoa, awesome!" And, like Sam Jackson, first thing you see, and I'm like, "Fuck, that's Michael Keaton, awesome!" Here's Gary Oldman, whoa, yeah, I'm <laughs> like, "Oh shit!" Like this yeah. is gonna be amazing. Yeah. And then it's like twenty or thirty minutes in, I'm like, "Okay, this is really dragging already." <laughs> <laughs> I watched the. I had to watch it in two sittings because you know, uh, because of like the way I can like make time to watch these sometimes. So I watched sure. I watched the my first bit and I was like, okay, well, I sat down to watch it the second time. I was like, I think I was about halfway through. So this shouldn't be too bad. And I pulled it up. I was like, I was only 35 minutes in. I was like, oh my God, it felt like so much longer. What's going on? <laughs> and it, it, it's a shame because I actually really like the original Robocop when I watched it. Yeah, that was like, fun. It, 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 it's, it's not... 
There was nothing. I don't know. Like, it's just like a, a good movie for its genre. It yeah. just is like a movie that is really appropriate for the year it came out, the time it came out. It has its own very distinctive notch of sci-fi. It lives in its space very comfortably. And I feel like 2014 RoboCop doesn't really have the charm the original had. Yeah, it's pretty pretty joyless. I think like there's nothing particular there's nothing really special about anything that happens in it you know what you, you know what it is this is the problem with power rangers it's the problem with robocop it's why people didn't like hellboy every movie now in this genre of like supernatural or superhero or man plus something everyone tries to do christopher nolan's dark knight movies where yeah, it has is. to be like <laughs> gritty and like ground and realism but you're not Christopher Nolan. Like, yeah, you're not. Christopher yeah. Nolan struck gold. I mean, he got lightning in a bottle with that Batman trilogy. He had yeah. the right casting and he, he made, made everything perfect. And he made three of those and then went on to keep on doing other cooler movies that are not dark, gritty Batman movies. Like, didn't he, he right. made Inception after those, you know? So yeah, like, like, he he pushed the envelope of what he could do visually and storytelling. Yeah. And it's more of the uh, <laughs> now it's sort of. So there's like the Nolan Batmans, but now it's sort of typified by just the guy who did Suicide Squad and the his cut of the movie. Do you remember what I'm talking? There's oh, like, d- oh, uh, the the Snyderverse, the Snyder cut. Yeah. Now it's like yeah, the Zack, Zack Snyder. Snyder. It's Zack Snyder and David Ayers are the guys who make these like the DC movies where everything is washed out like brown and green. Right. Uh, like n- now that is the style. Yeah. They really hit that nail on the head way too hard when they put RoboCop all in black. And you know what else too? Like, you know what what else worked as dark and gritty? Netflix's Daredevil. Oh yeah, yeah, and that makes sense because it's like like a he's blind, and also it's happening in Hell's Kitchen. Jessica Jones does that really well too. Jessica yeah. Jones is like a neo noir kind of thing, though. So like for but that, even then, it works. You want like heavy of... shadows and stuff. Yeah, but it's still like there's still fun things that happen in it. <laughs> it's right, got the character like. Either the setting is heavy or the characters are heavy. Not both. It worked in Batman because no one had ever seen a a superhero movie like that before. It doesn't need to work for Jurassic Park, Power Rangers, Aquaman, Robocop. Like, stop trying to make every fucking movie this dark, heavy film. Yeah, it also, too, is like, and because of the movies we watch for this, is like, this will probably continue to be an issue with them is that because they're because they're reboots right like they're already starting from like not an original concept so like if you could you could have had a mo- like they immediately lose like the sort of the novelty factor that the originals have or like the you know like someone it's not even just the novelty it's like someone came up with this really cool idea in the original one you know sometimes and then they're like right. okay we're gonna take that idea make it worse and then make it more expensive <laughs> Like dark and gritty worked for the for dread. Yeah, yeah, that one was really good and <laughs> not very lighthearted. I don't so some like it can work. You just need to like be competent at all the other stuff too. I guess <laughs> right. like it helps, you know. And like in dread, I liked all the characters. Like Lena yeah. Headley was awesome, and uh, God, dude from the boys, dread was great, and the uh, his Carl name. Urban. Carl Urban, yeah, and uh, yeah, like, and his like deputy training was also fantastic. So like, it's helpful to like the characters. Like, I love Gary Oldman, and I love I, yeah Michael Keaton, but their characters are not particularly compelling. 
I I'm like, man, they really and like, because I I I was like, oh my god, that's Gary Oldman. Like things just got awesome. This yeah. movie is gonna be great. There were a bunch of and times then I saw where Michael I was like, Keaton, and I'm like, ah oh, shit, like here we go. Yeah, because I know these guys as even in like they can do good characters. They can. I've seen a lot of both of their films, and they're awesome in it. And this is just like the most boring version of these two actors. Yeah, I had that reaction basically every time a new character showed up. I was like, oh, fuck, Michael K. Williams, hell yeah! I'm like, oh, he's kind of boring in this too. Jay Bruchel, hell, Jay Bruchel was the exception. He stayed good the entire time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was fantastic. And the uh, the lady scientist Amy Garcia was also quite good. But it's she like, was I I love Amy Garcia. Yeah. This, so like, there's some side characters who are awesome, but like everyone else just seems kind of bored or like these weird flat affects or I don't know. I just yeah, man. I don't like filmmakers, either established or new filmmakers or scriptwriters. You are not Christopher Nolan, and no offense, you're not gonna make fucking Dark Knight. All right, it's not going to happen for you. Yeah, but it's like your own vision. Something makes a bunch of money, and then people want to make that a bunch of times. Like, you're not going to get Heath Ledger as the Joker. That shit was lightning in a bottle. You're not going to get Tom Hardy as Bane or Anthony as Catwoman. Find your own pocket and own it, but don't don't take something and just ruin another version of it. You know? Yeah, or. uh... I mean, we wouldn't be able to cover it on this podcast, but just make a make an original movie or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, make an original movie. You know what? Nicolas Cage has made a bunch of original movies lately, yeah. and they might be off the fucking cuff and weird, but at least they're original. And he's out there trying things, mixing it up, yeah. <laughs> doing know? whatever script people um, hand to him. <laughs> Probably wherever he's at. Uh, who knows where these things are coming from? Prisoners of Ghostland. I still have to see that. Yeah, or um, the unbearable weight of greatness. Is that what it was called? Something. I don't know. The that's unbearable the, weight of talent. Talent. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> of talent. I want to watch that too. <laughs> I watch that one too. Um, all right, a Alex. So, than an actor. So reboot or deboot RoboCop? What do you? Uh, uh, yeah, are you gonna, gonna uphold be, the law? I'm gonna tell RoboCop your move, creep, and then shoot it in the penis because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to watch this again. It was not fun. <laughs> Yeah, I think I got to pull the plug on Murphy on this one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Tough. Um but you know yeah. that's the way the law works. All right. <sighs> Cruel mistress. Uh well guys, um this has been reboot deboot. I was your co-host Griffin. That was Alex. We want to Catch you later. Yeah. Catch you later. Well, we better get going. Will we ever see each other again? Who knows? God willing, we'll all meet again in Spaceballs too, to search for more money. <laughs> <laughs>